Welcome to the Rural Births Podcast. This podcast was created to record and share stories from the many rural women who have birthed, to allow them to voice their experience and learn from them. I want rural women who are pregnant, planning to get pregnant, or entering their postpartum period to feel supported and know that, although care may be via distance, there are options. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced on you and country. We acknowledge the innate birthing wisdoms and traditions held by the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of this land. We remember the first women of this nation, the custodians of land and birth, who birthed on country in culture and tradition. Here, as we share in stories, stories of birth, preconception, pregnancy and postpartum experiences from remote, rural and outer regional communities, may we remember and stand for the cultural significance of birth, women's business and birthing on country. May we nurture and support women through this rite of passage as we hear of possibilities ignited and limitations created. May we share in the power of storytelling and memory as we listen and learn from these birth stories. And may we always remember the ancestral wisdoms belonging to the country these birth stories occur on today. is a mum of four from Braidwood in New South Wales. Having grown up in Braidwood gave Asha strong community connections and so for her first pregnancy when it came time to choose her care she followed the local birthing pattern and went through Queanbeyan Hospital. Asha shares that at the time she didn't know there were other options. When Asha went into labour it was on a busy day And so upon her arrival at Queanbeyan Hospital, they were informed that the hospital was full. Asha was told she would need to turn around and drive another hour to Goulburn. She felt let down. Luckily, someone noticed that she was too far along. And so instead of sending her on her way, they accommodated her. However, being on the cusp of transfer to another facility did not make Asha feel the support she needed. So for her next birth, she looked elsewhere. She found that at Maruya Hospital, she was made to feel like her care providers trusted her body and her instincts. She was even encouraged during labour to leave the hospital site after check-in, to walk by the water, allow herself space, get out in the fresh air and inspire further contractions through movement. Her needs were their priority and they worked with her. 
Asha's journey to birth was different each time. She has relocated to be closer to Maria Hospital, driven down the Clyde Mountain in labour, and for her most recent birth, she laboured through an ambulance transfer. She describes how her most recent birth was a posterior delivery. She shares that this was the most challenging experience of her life. Asha is an artist, a photographer and mother. Her life is surrounded by the joys, imaginings, energies and rhythms of her children. Together we spoke in her backyard, enjoying the sunshine, the sounds of spring and the playful antics of our two toddlers who join in our chats throughout this episode. Before falling pregnant, I vividly remember seeing Asha around the community, and I remember wondering how she so beautifully balanced her own endeavours with mum life. It's a pleasure to have now had the opportunity to listen to Asha share her birth stories. Her motherhood, partnership and children are the threads that she is weaving into her most beautiful and fulfilling life of love and loving each day as a family. I hope you enjoy today's episode. I grew up here in Braidwood and I moved back when I was pregnant with Marlon, so seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Marlon, who's my oldest. He's seven. Uh, che, who's four. Um, Wilda, who's two. And Zed, who's five months. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so having grown up in Braidwood, does that mean Braidwood Hospital was still a birthing possibility when you were growing up? Like, did you see people uh, I think, able to birth there? I think someone uh, who, like, maybe a couple of years older than me was the last mm-hmm. baby to be born in Braidwood. Yeah. I think it was yeah, one, of, one of the guys that was in Without a couple of surprises that have happened yeah, since then. Yeah, so, yeah, a couple of years. So people that were in my sister's year at school. So like the last people that were born, I think, yeah. officially at the hospital. You all right? <laughs> so knowing that you went to Maria Hospital, you went there every time? No, so I okay. had um, Marlon in Queen Anne. Yeah. Um, and, and how did you come to making that decision to go to Queen uh, Like Queen Anne, that was my only option, I thought. Yeah, and yeah. I went to the doctors here at Braidwood. Um yeah, I didn't really question it and just went with Queen Bien as I thought that was my only hospital option. So yeah. um, I know people did go to Canberra, to the birth centre in Canberra, but they really weren't likely to have people from New South Wales. I've heard that yeah, as well. Like it was, too much drama. It's one of those situations about having a lie about yeah, yeah. and they know that. Like it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, like. yeah. So I just, yeah, I just went with Queen and I'd heard good things about Queen Yeah. It was it um, as it is kind of now at Queen where it's GP shared care, um, but you get any midwife who's on duty. 
Yeah, yeah. So they were quite strict when I went there. And like, um, so I had my first midwife appointment, and they were like, you have to come, you know, to all your midwife and obstetrician appointments, mm-hmm. you know, you, or you won't be able to birth here. Basically. And there was no capacity to do anything locally at that no. point? No. No, so yeah. they didn't want me to. I mean, I could see my doctor in Braidwood, but um, not in place. Of yeah, so I had to. I still had to do heaps of travel and and see the obstetrician for however many um, appointments that was. It was like three or so, three or four that I had to see him. Yeah, and um, all the other midwife appointments as well, which was super annoying. <laughs> And how did you find that prenatally first pregnancy? Yeah, well, I be on the road. The thing quite about constantly. your first pregnancy, you really just trust what everyone tells you. And, you yeah, know, you just say, "Oh, okay, I have to do that because they want me to, do it and I have to go to that appointment because mm. that's what I have to do." And, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was. I would have much rather have not travelled. See if I get that. It's just, it's a lot of kilometers it's a long yeah, road it's high it speeds it's yeah a, that kind of tiring drive it's not that yeah. drive through the city where you're seeing different things all the time I think it's a beautiful drive but yeah. <laughs> I do think that it can become exhausting it even is. though it's only an hour yeah um, yeah it is it's a long it's a long drive and then back and then you know, it's when you're pregnant you know. Mm. You're tired and you don't want to do yeah. very, well, very much. <laughs> as little as possible. And did you do any additional courses, like seek any I did, so outside? I did, uh, I did palm birth. Yeah. And that was – In did, the Southern Highlands? Yeah, so I just did that weekend up in Barrel mm-hmm. or wherever it was, um, and we just – stayed up there me and my partner for that weekend that got recommended by a couple of girlfriends that had done calm birth yeah and that was really really good doing that course just because I had no idea before during pregnancy and birth really (laughs) (laughs) and then and that yeah it gave me a really good starting point of what I wanted for my birth and Mm. and everything so um yeah. Having done that course, I thought that that training could have been really good for the drive. I ended up being induced yeah, with yeah. Shanley, but like I was like, I think this would help. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a long duck. Yeah. It Not did. that you're driving yeah. in that yeah. way, but no, in the car. It was good. Yeah, it was good. When I first went to and everything, I was really relaxed and, mm. you know, on the drive over, I was really relaxed. So, so you went into labour in town? Yeah. What yeah. was it like when you went into labour? Um, so with mum, yeah, it just came on kind of just textbook. Mm-hmm. You know, I started getting the contractions and I had a show and then they slowly started getting closer and closer together and and we made the decision to drive over to Queen Anne. So yeah. I think we got there at about oh, 6.30 at night or something, but it was really, really busy because it was a full moon and there was heaps of people in labour and I think I was <laughs> in the, the day before my due date or something, like, mm. spot on. There um, can be something so agitating about a full moon, like, it's absolutely <laughs> stunning, but maybe it does just yeah. focus into labour. <laughs> anyway, when I got there, the midwives just saw me and were like, what are you doing here? And, you know, you can't be here. And I'm like, well, I'm in labour. And How many weeks were you? 
So I was, yeah, I was the day before my due date. So 39, six days or whatever it was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were just like, oh, you know, you can't, you have to go to Goulburn because they're too busy. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, I'm not going to drive to Goulburn. Anyway, so that they had no beds ready or anything or no birthing suites ready. And um, so they called my obstetrician to come in and yeah. see how. So yeah. did you have a private OB through the public hospital or did it just happen that your OB was available? Yeah, he was just available. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, surprisingly. But um, so he came in and he was just like, no, you know, she'll have to stay. She can't go to Goulburn. She's too far along sort of thing. And there was no room, so I was put in this. Good on you for holding your ground. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't going to go. Like, they told you to go. Like, um, I would have, yeah, that would have been terrible. That would have been so stressful if I actually had to go. But, um, so with everything being in use, what facilities were available to you? So I had to go, like, in a ward room. Yeah. And there was no midwives for ages. So I did most of my labour mm-hmm. just in this horrible room with my partner. No one came in. And was really. there a shower available if you wanted to do any? Like, yeah, there was water. a shower. Yeah. So that was all, that was good. But um, yeah, eventually I got in one of the birthing suites. Yeah. And, and had the last two hours of my labour in the birthing suite. And did they have baths at the time? Was they had a bath really and I was, yes, I was very interested in having a water birth and mm-hmm. I got in the bath and I was so much more relaxed in the bath and I had this horrible midwife <laughs> <laughs> who was just like, get out of the bath, you know, I don't do water births. I'm just like, oh, come on. And um, and did you say no again? <laughs> uh, I, I did what I was told yeah. and I got out very uncomfortably. But she really wanted me to lie on the bed, which I, because I'd done calm birth. Oh, you found a hazelnut. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, I did calm birth and I knew, you know, like, got to stay upright and use gravity and mm. she just kept going no get up on the bed whatever was easier for her yeah anyway, it was quite a long labor actually um and the, and the pushing stage was really long and um we weren't really sure why but it was because he had his arm up okay. over his yeah. head so yeah um it was a little bit drawn out and i was totally exhausted afterwards but um got him out eventually yeah <laughs> and as everyone was birthing on that day did you have to go into shared rooms after like was no so I went back you? to my my ward room yeah so not a nice maternity suite so I've got no idea what they're like at Queen because I never actually got to <laughs> see one but um yeah I ended up having to stay quite a while so I stayed five days yeah um it's nothing to do with me physically. It was because of Marlon had really blue hands and feet, mm-hmm. and they were the obstetrician was worried about his heart at that stage. And then it was completely fine. But I had to go. Yeah, I had to stay for five days so they could monitor that, and I had to then go to 
Calvary Hospital, I think, or Canberra Hospital, no, Canberra Hospital, and, um, and have him checked there as well, have his heart properly checked. Yeah, so not to stay overnight, but just yeah. an appointment yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, but it was all fine. So, And then I got to come home with my new baby. And what was that like when you got home so well you, you we were out of care transferred to the local hospital yeah so I just had the local midwife um not midwife the local child care nurse come yeah. and and remember, yeah she would have come to me although we weren't living here it was a funny time we had nowhere to live so we were staying at like my mum's friend's house yeah we hadn't quite finalized buying this property yeah <laughs> like the worst time uh, oh. and um yeah so it was all over the show I can't actually quite remember yeah <laughs> seeing the the nurse actually but yeah I'm, I remember they're pretty they're pretty good so I think that it can be quite different really because it can be like quite isolating if you don't have your family with you but you had your family here yeah like was that hugely beneficial in uh, those early postpartum yeah definitely actually um yeah it was good I mean as I said we didn't have this house so my family like got in and because it was absolutely diabolical here when we first bought it so they all got in and and built one room nicely so I oh, could, really? yeah, <laughs> could have a nest to come back to yeah so that was really good that's awesome what yeah. a skill set yeah but they ripped out the entire kitchen so I didn't have a kitchen yeah for five years which very okay problematic but... <laughs> I didn't have a kitchen for really briefly when Shan was born because we chose to do a renovation which I yeah. seem to see a lot of people doing when yeah. they're like Oh, it'll be all right. Have a mm. baby and renovate at the same time. You just get your overwhelming <laughs> desire to make a nest. Um, so you changed hospitals for your second birth. What were your feelings about rural birthing and, like, what pushed kind of that change for you? Well, I well, I didn't have the greatest experience at Queen Anne with mm-hmm. that, that horrible midwife and just... Yeah. I just got a feel like a feeling there that you know they just wanted me away as soon as I got there. I told yeah, to go to Goulburn. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just you know my partner had to you know he couldn't be there the whole time, and then if anyone wanted to visit, there was only certain visiting times, and they were a little bit strict in that way, and. Um, yeah, so I, when I got pregnant the second time with Che, I was like, oh, do I, you know, I don't really want to go to Queen Anne. I might see if I can have him down at Maria, because I'd heard good things about Maria. There's a few baby girls that have had their babies at Maria. And I quite like Maria because it's coastal and it's, it's really beautiful. And, and you've got a strong relationship with coast. Yeah, well. yeah, and so does my partner. And, um... And it's just the hospital there is right on the river and I don't know, you <laughs> no. get a sense of like it's a real birthing place. Okay. Where the where that hospital's located. Yeah. Um and I just love Maria as well. And um they were way more relaxed and you know, I only had to see the obstetrician once 
sort of thing, and um, I only had to see the midwives once. I think I read twice, though. Um, and yeah, they were just a really awesome bunch, the ones that I met. Yeah. Really awesome bunch of midwives. And um, yeah, couldn't wait to go there with Che. Yeah. And that was awesome, really awesome birth and um so what are their facilities like? like uh well back then they've they've just they've only got one birthing suite okay. and um back then it was you know it was pretty crappy it was pretty old that's um, interesting they've done one a, birthing suite yeah they actually had a huge catchment yeah well they do now because milton has closed their maternity yeah. as well so a lot of people come from up like Ulladulla as well um but they were very relaxed with Che and that whole pregnancy and um, he was my biggest boy as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the midwife during the labour, the midwife like, left us alone. I had one midwife and she left us alone pretty much the whole time. She just popped her head in every now and again to see how I was going or, you know, checks and yeah. Or anything, she was just like, "Oh, how are you going?" And like, oh, good. <laughs> and did you kind of tap back into calm birth again? Or yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I knew, <clears throat> I really knew what I wanted after that first birth, and and what happened with his hand being over his head, and it was a long, kind of drawn out labour. And I um actually laboured on the toilet yeah. with Che the whole time, okay. and it was quite quick. And, um, yeah, he didn't have his hand over his head, mm-hmm. <laughs> which made it so much easier. And had you gone into labour in town or uh, had you relocated? No. So what happened was um, my um, dad's friend uh, lived at Rosedale mm-hmm. and he worked on that house, even though dad's friend, it was just like a holiday house. So um, we ended up staying there. We stayed there a while because I was overdue actually by a week with Che, even though that's not. And does Maria have any limitations? Like, are they a low risk unit? And if you go past 42, you're not allowed to birth there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I think I was 41 weeks, and then I saw the obstetrician, and they were like, oh, you know, we're going to book you in for an induction on Wednesday or something. So that was on a Monday. And what was your response to being told? Yeah, I was just like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not having an induction. And <laughs> he was like, well, you know, you probably won't be able to birth here then. It's really funny with my, so with this pregnancy, uh, you know how they do that tape measure, you know, they measure your, your bump and, and, yeah. it, and it tells you how many weeks you are, whether you're measuring correctly. Anyway, or Marlon was measuring small, I remember. Anyway, when they did this one, they were like, oh, no, it's measuring exactly to how many weeks you are. Um, anyway, I said that he was a he was my biggest, even though they didn't tell me I was going to have a big baby. Um, it's completely wrong. Because <laughs> all the others measured really small as well, and they yeah. made me freak out about it. So many times going, oh, it's measuring, it's not, you know, it's measuring two weeks under and it's yeah. just because I'm tall yeah. and it's just such a stupid, archaic way of measuring 
how far yeah, it's like a <laughs> hell of a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah it's just pointless really like yeah. they've been doing it like since the 1920s or something um yeah anyway sorry that was a bit off topic um, <laughs> <laughs> because it, it would totally relate to them pursuing induction. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't. I mean, they weren't saying that he was big, but he was. Um, yeah, so they booked in and I can't, darling. They booked in induction for the Wednesday, and I was like, oh no, 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 I don't want to do that. So then we just like did everything under the sun to try and you know, get labour to come. So do you have hot tips for getting over oh, to come on? You know, we did it all, whatever. You eat lots of pineapple, yep. you have sex, you eat hot curry, yep. um, you eat dates. Yeah, <laughs> but eating six dates a day is actually a lot as well. Yeah. My advice to people is now make bliss balls. Yeah. Try and pack your dates into a bliss ball because if you need yeah. to eat six medjool dates, they're beautiful. Yeah. Dates are lovely, but six every day. I was found I was so full as well yeah, when pregnant. <laughs> that last kind of bit. Your stomach's just up to you. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we were staying at this house um, at Rosedale. So we, and we had Marlon. And was your, oh, you had him with you? Yeah, so we yeah. had Marlon with us. And was the plan to get him looked after or bring him in? Yeah, so the plan was when I went into labour, I'd just ring my mum and dad and they would come down to the house and, yeah. and look after Marlon. Anyway, I woke up in the morning on the Tuesday. Wow. And I was... Um, Were you quite over 41 weeks? Or? Yeah, so I was 41 and um, three days or something. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I went into labour in the morning and I had a shower. I got up and had a shower and I ate some blueberries and stuff. And then I rang my mum and dad and said, oh, you probably should think about, you know, coming down and... Getting Marlon anyway, they just started coming on closer together and I said, oh, we better go and we'll just take Marlon to the hospital with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which uh, lots of people end up doing. Yeah, like... yeah, and it was fine. I mean, I liked having him there. And um, we got there and the birthing suite was available, so I just went straight in there and, and I was just chatting with the midwives and I was in early, early kind of labour. I had regular contractions, but I was, you know, fine. And just waiting for my mum and dad to come to get Marlon. And, and you said you were mostly labouring on the toilet. Uh, no, well, I wasn't at this stage. Just no. I, was, I was still early days, so I was um, just walking moving, around, just walking around, yeah, yeah. chatting with the, the midwife and and waiting for my folks to come. And they finally came, like two hours later or something ridiculous like <laughs> and then they had like coffees and muffins and stuff I'm like what are you doing like I'm in labour like, you didn't want a coffee <laughs> mum's just like going bed you know lean over the bed and breathe and I'm just like mum I really can't have you here so I made her leave <laughs> and my dad and Marlon <laughs> and then when they left I went in, into the, the bathroom and, and um I think I had a shower for a little bit and then I remember my labour slowed down a bit and then I went, yeah, and then I sat on the toilet and then it happened quite quickly. I remember at Maruya they've got the toilet and then they've, well, this is when it was before they renovated it, but they had like this clock like right in front of the toilet. So I was just sitting there just like looking at the clock and just so I know exactly how long 
like the pushing phase was and everything. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Like really quick. <laughs> anyway, um, when my waters broke, yeah, it was like 20 minutes mm-hmm. when he was born. So, um, and the midwife came in. Thank you, mommy. Oh, thank you, darling. The midwife came in uh, just when my waters broke, actually, just to see how well it was going. And she was like, oh, I better call the other midwife in. And so we've got a bit of help to catch him. And um, I just had my partner in front of me. Uh, squeezing his neck and arms and whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I get the mum's yeah. flowers. Well, you got your mum beautiful flowers. Thank you, Wilda. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was a it was a really good birth. It was hassle free. I did have intervention though after he was born. Yeah, so that was the only thing, just because I'm a pretty big bleeder okay. and I was quite fatigued, so I had a I had a drip afterwards and because um, I had a hemorrhage as well, I was just really exhausted and I think I had to have a catheter as well because he was so big and he just, I just couldn't, but when after he was born they were sort of checking my belly and going, oh, that's, you know, really weird because, you know, your uterus is um, like really over to one side and that can often mean like you've got a big hemorrhage. Um, so they were a little bit worried, but they didn't make like a huge song dance about it or anything. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, did you do a wee? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but I didn't actually do a wee. I thought I was weeing, but I couldn't feel Yeah, I was weeing. So I had like two litres of wee. Yeah. So I had to have a catheter. But um, yeah, uh, apart from that, it was, a, it was fine. Was your partner able to stay with you? Yeah, they've only got like they've got sort of one uh, family room there at Maria, and it's got like a big queen bed in it and okay, lounge that's and stuff. That someone was in there while after I had chased. Have you sleeping. at any point got that queen bed when you? Got yeah, it? we did. We got it the next night, so um, I stayed another night there, mm. and I got that that room with the queen bed and. That's um, just amazing. Yeah, they let yeah they let Marlon stay as well, so that was really oh, good. Cool. Yeah, so that was nice having him there. And was breastfeeding and things like? Does it just come back? Uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is easy. Well, it was super easy with Che. He was just like he came out, you know, like eating meat pretty much. So <laughs> it was a lot easier the second time. Marlon had a had a tongue tie. I had about six weeks with Marlon where I really struggled breastfeeding um, and I just had no idea that he had a tongue tie. Yeah. It was just what I thought was normal. Oh, Wilda, don't play with that, Link. And um, and Che didn't have any sort of tongue ties or anything, so it was it was really easy. And, yeah, it just came back. I don't remember any pain or anything with Che in the early days. So that was good. Were you able to be discharged earlier this time? Uh, well, I stayed. So I stayed two nights yeah. just because of my um, my little you know thing that I had, mm. my catheter and stuff. But, um, and did you go um, <laughs> back to the holiday house or back home to? Brainwood? No, we went back home. Yeah, to yeah. Brainwood. Yeah. So when you were pregnant with Wilda. Um, and you had the two boys, would you bring them to your prenatal appointments? Uh, well, I only went to 
one at Maria. Oh, really? Yeah. And I didn't... Again, this is just sounding wonderful. Yeah, like... yeah. So I just saw the midwives and they were really cool. They were just like, yeah, as long as, you know, you come and see us once. Um, they sound like people who support a very, like, trust your body. Kind yeah, of. yeah. You got this. Yeah, definitely like that. What really a nice cool. way to be treated yeah and they do have an obstetrician that they like you um to see before you um before you see the midwives Mm -hmm. or at least see him once um i remember ringing up making appointment and they would say yeah we can see you you know like on the 10th of december or something and you know her due date was the october 20th or something (laughs) (laughs) but I ended up getting in there to see him sort of uh really just right towards the end of her pregnancy um careful just put them in there darling oh actually you should put those back on the textures um, yeah, so I was overdue with Wilda too. Yeah, I went. Um, I found that was my pen. <laughs> yeah, actually, I I had one of Wilda's ultrasounds in Newcastle, I think, because we were on holiday okay. or something, and I had it had one up there. It was one of the early ones. It was like the twelve week scan, and um, that came back as her measuring small, and then. So I had to go to Canberra and go and see, like, a specialist place that really cost a fortune to have another scan mm. to check her size. And they were just like, I don't know what they're talking about. And she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Not like that. Because <laughs> we like mommy. that. That's yes. Right. You know, they're always different. What angle she was on. Yeah. She, she was snuggled in. Yeah had a gross spurt the following week or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone at 20 weeks versus 21. Like, where's your baby's growth at? And that happens with kids as well. You see someone one week and they're like, oh, you know, he hasn't grown much. And then if they only saw them the next week, he's shot through the roof and into a new uh, size of clothes. Yeah, and I knew, I just knew that she she wasn't going to be like a tiny I mean she was smaller than all my other ones but yeah yeah, she's, she's just girl. yeah girls and boys they're on yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah so I saw Bavna for all my appointments here I saw the midwives down at Maria once and saw the obstetrician right towards the end of the pregnancy once mm. um and and does pregnancy get kind of harder with more kids? Like you have said that you're someone who quite loves being pregnant mm. as well. Like mm. what's it like getting well, through everything in the day and being pregnant? Cause... Uh, well, it was fine with Wilda. had a really great pregnancy with Wilda. Che was a bit of a struggle towards the end because he was giant. Yeah. Um, and this last one was I definitely noticed it was probably because I'm Oh, getting old. <laughs> I, I noticed towards the end that things were getting a bit of a struggle, but yeah, I, I really love being pregnant. And I, yeah, I'll be pregnant more. <laughs> That's the last one now. Thank you, darling. Um, do you kind of feel like 
with um, advocating for yourself, you were always quite confident or did you go like increasingly confident? Oh, I definitely got increasingly confident. I mean, the first time I really trusted all everything that everyone told me and, mm. you know, list and did everything I was told and Thank you, darling. Um, you know, got up on the bed when the midwife told me to and, yeah. and stuff. Um, but just having those great midwives at, at Maria really did did make a difference. But with Wilda, I uh, I went into labour in Braidwood, and um, I was overdue. I was forty one weeks. Oh, yeah, nearly forty two weeks. Hello. Um, they didn't book me in for an induction or anything. That's um, cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it'll happen. Well, I didn't. I just didn't. I only saw that obstetrician once and, yeah, I, I mean, I, they were a lot less, um, you know, drilling me about going to appointments and stuff. With all yeah. Um, yeah, so I went into labour in Braidwood uh, and then I thought, oh, we better head down the coast and... Um, to go straight to the hospital? No, or? I just remember being really yeah. upset about leaving Chain Marlin <laughs> and sure. just going, yeah. oh, you know, my boys, and when the last time I see them, it's a fam- you know, family of four, and maybe a family of five. Yeah. Whatever I was going on about. <laughs> all sounds very reasonable <laughs> as well. And I was really upset. So I, um, my labour, like, completely stopped. Like halfway down yeah. the coast and my mum and dad were here looking after the boys and I rang them and said, oh, it's stopped and you know, maybe I should go home and they were like, oh, no, you know, just just stay down there and stay at the house at Rosedale. My sister, my other sister was living there at the house yeah. at that time so I just rocked up and, and stayed with her. So it was late at night so I got there at like 11.30 at night. And, um, and then I had a really good night's sleep. Like I had six hours straight sleep and I woke up to regular contractions at about five o'clock in the morning and I, I rang up the midwife at Maria and said, oh, I'm going to come in shortly. She was like, cool, see you soon. Got to the hospital. It was like buzzing the emergency button for ages <laughs> to get in <laughs> No one was coming. There was like there was other people lying like outside waiting, trying to get in there. So lucky no one was dying or anything because just no one came. Yeah, ended up having to ring up the midwife and been out front like buzzing for ages. Um, and come to open the door. She was like, "Oh my God, sorry." <laughs> anyway, she came out and um, yeah. So it was about five thirty in the morning, I guess, and um. She actually did, she checked to see how far along I was, how dilated I was. So that's my first ever check that I've ever had. Okay. Um, if any of my pregnancies. Did you feel okay with that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, we can have a look. And, and she had a look. She was like, oh, you're only um, four centimetres dilated. Like, you're going to be hours. It's, you know, just go home. Which, again, is not a true sign. Like, <laughs> I was just like... Particularly because you've had a labour stall. You yeah, know how, like, there's the animals yeah. that are going to give birth in the wild and then they feel yeah. a predator coming and yeah. so it's like, not, not yeah, birthing yeah, for me. Yeah. 
totally. Yeah, we're just kids. Dilation is just I don't know. Yeah. It's a thing, but it's not. I know, it's just another one of those old school things that they do which they need to stop doing. Um, yeah, so she was like, oh, no, you're only for, you're gonna, you should just go home, like, go back to Braidwood, like, you know, you're going to be hours. And I was like, well, what I feel no. like go back to Braidwood is bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if so... any rural hospital ever tells, like, yeah. a rural woman to go back home when they've travelled like 100 kilometres. Yeah. I was like, just like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. And I said, no, I'm not going to go back to okay. um, Rosedale either. And she's like, oh, well, you can just go in the room, like not the birthing suite, just the room and just hang out in there and have a shower and stuff. So this was about 6 a.m., I guess. Yeah. And I could just feel like it was coming on stronger and everything. And and I was in the shower. My partner, he was asleep in the bed. (laughs) And, like, I was in pretty – like, I just knew that she would be born pretty soon. Anyway, she – yeah, I just pretty much. I just got to the birthing suite and sat on the toilet, and she was born. Then and there. Yeah, I got there at Bye. about five in the morning, and she was born at twenty past six. Yeah, um, but, uh, yeah. So an hour and twenty minutes. And yet you were only four centimeters dilated. Yeah. You should have driven an hour and something <laughs> yeah. home. I would have had her on the on the mountain somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was like, very. I cute. get. That Barton Highway babies are bad, but that would be pretty difficult. Yeah, to have, yeah. Uh, Clyde Mountain birth. Yeah, I know. I was like, not going to happen. I'll just stay. So, Maria, kind of like as a hospital, what kept bringing you back was that there was a great set of midwives. And as you went through each pregnancy, they just had increasing trust in you as a birthing woman. They were really, yeah, they were really good. I mean, um, yeah, with Che and Wilbur, they, they were really good births and, I mean, it was pretty easy for me during, mm. you know, during those labours and everything. But, yeah, Zeddy, it's a different story. <laughs> what was his pregnancy like? The pregnancy was pretty good. I, um, you know, there was no, there was no drama or anything during his pregnancy do you have any advice as like a mum already of three when you're pregnant with your fourth on how to provide yourself time like uh, or is it is it like you know <laughs> that time on the toilet is the best <laughs> like yes. that's what you get um yeah, yeah, count, yeah. at night you enjoy that shower because that's yeah. yours um uh, look, we, they, we get into it we've had you know, a good routine you know, where, yeah so I had plenty of times in the mm. evenings, um, yeah, which would be my time to chill out and relax. But that was it, you know. Yeah. I didn't get much time out um, during the days or anything, but that was fine. It kept me busy and upright and mm. healthy, I guess. <laughs> Even plenty of exercise. Um, and was there stuff to kind of do with the other kids in town, like um, playgroups, uh, mums groups? Um, were they in local daycare so that at times? Uh, well, Che was um, started at school. Yeah, preschool, and then Marlon uh, was at school. Yeah. So, um, and then some days mum would have Wilda. Yeah. And that was good. But, uh, yeah, mostly um, 
yeah, Wilda was just home with me the entire time. Chase most of the time, except for two days at preschool. And did she find it all pretty interesting, like you being pregnant and want to engage with Zed while he was in your belly? Uh, yeah, she mommy, was probably mommy. the least out of all of them to so really the, like, get into it. Uh, the boys really, really into my all my pregnancies. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a bit funny. She took a while, actually, to come around after he was born. The new addition. Had a nose out of joint. She's definitely the the worst. Out of Wait, all of them that? with the new addition coming. The shift, the change. Yeah, yeah, just threw her out so much. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big rhythm yeah. shift. Yeah, and then it's only really up until recently That's she's really sort of started getting into him. And... He'd be doing more now yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, he's not so much of a blob. He's <laughs> 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 sort of engaging more and stuff. So yeah. He's sort of coming around going, oh, and talking to him and playing peekaboo and stuff, which is really cute. Yeah. So, yeah, initially she was just like, that a baby and when's he going type of thing <laughs> <laughs> you'd said as well that zed's birth was the hardest thing you've ever done yeah um would you tell us a bit about his birth yeah definitely so um went I, into labor in town or relocated yeah, so i would i i was in I woke up at night, so probably about 12 o'clock at night, and I had really, really regular contra- contractions, so we were pretty close together. Over 40 weeks? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was over 40 weeks. I think it was like 40 and three days or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had these really regular contractions, and I just should have just listened to my gut and just got up and made a cup of tea or something. But I was like, oh, no, because it's like 12.30 at night and I'll wake everyone up and I mm. don't really don't want to do that. And so I just lay in bed and eventually they just eased off and I went back to sleep. Mm-hmm. That amazes me that women can go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I should have got up. Like I knew, I just knew I just should have got up because I could just feel if I got up, it would have started really naturally and I probably would have had a really nice quick labour. Mm. I just had a feeling that that was that that's what would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but I didn't. I went back to sleep and I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning to like really strong pain. So I just no. He changed. He got out of being engaged while I slept and just going to some weird <laughs> position. Anyway, I had really mommy, mommy. really strong pain, like nothing I'd ever felt before in any of my other birth and I got up and that came on around what time it was like 4 a.m yeah and, um, it was just felt really weird like it was a really strange pain anyway, I got up when I went to the toilet there was like this huge amount of blood like it, kind of not like a, any show that I've had before even though it probably just was a show yeah but it just seemed like so much blood and that really freaked me out because it kind of filled up the toilet type of thing and I um I rang the midwife and said, oh, look, this is what's happened. And um, she was like, oh, I think you should get in the ambulance and come down. Okay. I was like, oh, my God. I was really freaking out by then. So I woke up my partner. I had my mother-in-law. 
And uh, yeah, I had my mother, mother-in-law staying. So she came like, um, she'd been here for about a week. And um, so I got her up and said, oh, okay, I have to go. And that's, my, that's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so I rang the ambulance and, and told them what was happening. And they were in raid with it the time? Yeah, yeah. So they came pretty quick. Yeah. A um, couple of guys. Um, they just popped me in the ambulance and then asked me a few questions. And they thought, oh, you know, fourth baby and uh, it's going to come on pretty quick, they thought. But I was just like, oh, I don't even know what's going on because I sort of mm-hmm. like I had kind it was of regular yeah any I had regular contractions when I had all this blood and and then the midwife told me to come in the ambulance so that was kind of freaking me out um anyway so they were just like oh you know um just assessing the situation whether they should take me to somewhere else and I said oh look I'd probably really prefer to go to Maria just happening so they were like yeah cool um we'll go down there so i was just have to get ambulance like on the bed facing backwards like zooming down the Clyde mountain <laughs> and i got so carthy because i had a huge view uh which was so crap and gross but, um, and where was your husband so he was following the yeah. ambulance in the in his car. And your parents had already come here to No, take well kids? my mother in law was here, so that yeah. was handy. Cool. Well, none of the kids got disturbed or anything. Um and I was just so confident that it was gonna be a really quick labour and, you know, I was everything was gonna go smoothly type of thing. So I got there at about six in the morning, I guess. Um after all that and I saw a doctor who I'd never seen before when I got there yeah the doctor was just sort of a bit pushy and kind of not not very nice she was just like oh I think we should break your waters and I'm just like no way Mm -hmm. um and she was like oh we'll we'll give you till eight o'clock I think she said and we'll break your waters. I'm like, well, no, like, you know. In the end, they don't actually have that safe. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, well, I really don't want that. And she was just like, oh, I'm just annoying. Just annoying pregnant women not being <laughs> yeah. good. And they had one of those um, C2G things on yeah. me, which I've never had before, and it kept falling off. I'm like, well, just... They are super annoying because yeah. they hold you in place I as know, well. But like, they have some battery-operated yeah. ones sometimes, but they never are in, like, charged. Yeah. And, and so like, you're just like, I'm stuck you now. <laughs> and you've said you're a mover in labour yeah. as well. Yeah. So anyway, but I had all these people fussing over me and that, and that doctor, and she just wanted to break my waters and induce me pretty much. Like, she wanted to hook me up to the to get induced as well and I was like no 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 and then yeah she was like threatening me and you know saying I will give you till 8am and if things aren't progressing by then anyway she must have knocked off because (laughs) she was gone by 8am thankfully which lots of people talk about the care lottery where like you've got this person who's just being a thorn in your side and then thankfully the duty changeover happens yeah. and then people are like no nah, you're cool yeah, yeah let's do this 
Yeah. How are you? The midwives were cool, as usual. Um, yeah, why don't you get those so they don't get lost? Yeah, these were parked. Thank you. Yeah, the midwives were kind of cool, but she was kind of a real kind of threatening presence, that doctor, and you could see that the midwives were, like, she was pretty intimidating. Um, But, yeah, I was just like, no, and then sort of my contractions were easing off again, so I kept going into, like, these crazy, you know, where they would be full on and close together, and then they would just die off and there wouldn't be, like, any. Mm. And I said, oh, look, I just want to go for a walk, so... Um, my partner and I just went for a walk around the river there. and um, Oh, you left the hospital to go yeah, for a walk? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And it was really nice and I was just trying to relax. And That's a sweet thing for people to know about Maria as well. Yeah. Like, there's the river. It's beautiful. And yeah. remind yourself that you actually aren't stuck in yeah. the hospital. There's a nice... <laughs> Take off your CTG and go yeah. for a walk. There's a nice walking track and it's all along the river. It's really beautiful. So that was nice and relaxing and got to chill out a little bit and and then just gradually my mom, mom, contractions mom. just started started up again and getting closer together. And then so I went back up to the hospital and they'd had back a midwife changeover and um, and that doctor wasn't there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Around what time would this have been? So that was probably at about 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I went back in there, so 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, she was pretty cool, that midwife. Um, during my pregnancy, though, I when you do the B-strep swab, that came back positive. Yeah. I'd never had that happen before, and, you know, they recommend that you have antibiotics. Yeah. Did you choose to? Well, after I got that... Um, uh, the positive results, I contacted a, I don't a doula that I follow one. on Instagram yeah. and said, oh, I've got this B strep positive, I can't take these, um, this special type of probiotic and mm-hmm. you know, eat heaps of probiotic food and oh. then get another test done, like just okay. say that you want to have another test done. So I did that and then my second test came back uh, negative. That's a really good piece of advice. So that was really cool. So I had, because I didn't want an antibiotic and it's limping and yeah. it's just like, there's no way I'm having that happen. And uh, the midwife was like, look, we've got two like results here. We've got a positive and a negative. She said, normally we would recommend that you use antibiotics, but she was like, it's totally up to you. She's like, yeah, you know, you can't force you to have antibiotics. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Because I had that negative. Yeah. test results. I was pretty confident. And that's enough to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, nah, I'm not having antibiotics for no no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she was pretty cool about that. Um, anyway, she, she, <laughs> she was just like, oh, you know, you're so relaxed. And I was like in pretty kind of full on labor. Mm. And I was in the shower and I was moving around heaps and just nothing was progressing, but I was having crazy strong contractions and it just felt like it should like I should have been you know like I, could, I just couldn't feel him moving down the birth canal or anything like I, like I normally would like normally mm. contractions get really strong and then you get that urge to push and you can kind of feel him like making their way down but I'd get that kind of urge to push and it would just be like pushing against a brick wall yeah and that was hours that was like hours so I I 
probably got into the birthing suite maybe like at about 10 I guess after I was in the room just hanging out with the midwives and mm. stuff so yeah 10am I was probably in there um and then I had another changeover of midwives probably after lunch but that first midwife yeah. she kept coming in just going oh you're doing you know amazingly well and blah 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 you're so relaxed and you know it's not going to be much longer now sort of thing <laughs> and I was like oh good and I'm like I don't know what's going on and this is like my most you know difficult birth and she's like oh you wouldn't know you know looking at you so relaxed <laughs> like oh god um <laughs> anyway they had the changeover of the midwives and things were like getting really intense like I was really just like in transition pretty much yeah just pushing and nothing happening and just heat the blood and I was just getting really exhausted and I was on the toilet and then I was putting my leg up on chairs and trying all this stuff getting on all fours leaning over the bed uh, and um my mum had rang at some stage to see how I was going and they were like, oh, she's still labouring. And that was like at you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, 12 hours, you know. Uh, and I was just feeling more and more shattered. And um, they were suggesting that they break my waters to speed things up, which I, I'm so glad they didn't because mm. I think you would have really suffered without you. I'm not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was just like, no, no, I rather you didn't. Anyway, they thought my waters had broken, um, but I think I don't know why they thought that because it's always such a big explosion when it happens. Um, yeah, and it just nothing was progressing. Anyway, so I, I had uh, the I had like three midwives in there in the end, and mm. then they came in like when I was really sort of in a daze and they were like oh we've got this year 10 um work experience girl <laughs> do you mind if she comes on i was like no i don't care she can come which is nice of you <laughs> <laughs> but she was like super awesome like this 50 year old girl just every time i'd like look up from my 20 wherever i was zone i'd see her little angelic face looking at me just going like what a great chick (laughs) she was so cool that was her first birth you know that she'd ever witnessed or anything yeah by the end it was like you know she was right there like in front of me I ended up lying on the bed in the end because I was just I couldn't even hold myself up on the end of the bed anymore like I just I couldn't do anything so I had I had one midwife like holding my hand here, I had my partner here holding my other hand. I had one midwife on one leg holding it up, and another one on the other, and then the fifteen-year-old girl at the end of my bed as well. Mm. And the thing about that birth is that um, instead of just letting my body push the baby out, I had to like really physically push him out which was really weird and like nothing that I'd ever had to do before so I had to like find this energy from somewhere to like actually physically push him out 
and she, they could see him like he was right there that's like the most annoying thing yeah <laughs> right there and he just can't come out <sighs> anyway she um my waters broke right right towards the end and um I still had to push for quite a while after they broke but um yeah she was just like oh she had her scissors this is like the main midwife she had her scissors ready like to do a possible episiotomy I was just like no 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 I'll get him out I'll get him out <laughs> that's a really weird image as well to be like they have their scissors ready it's like yeah. they haven't asked you for consent I know like... I know I but it kind of I, I don't think she actually wanted to do it like she wanted me to be able to do it and I said, look, I'd rather tear than have an episiotomy. And she was like, yeah, cool. But I think she just put them there, like, in my view, just, like, give me that extra <laughs> incentive. <laughs> and no one knew kind of what was going on either. Um, I remember after he was born, one of the midwives said, like, yeah, we didn't really know what was going on. Like, she thought that it was my placenta coming out first yeah like they they couldn't really tell what what was happening until he made his appearance and um yeah so when he did start to crown and it felt really weird and I was telling them like oh it just doesn't feel normal and it and they were just like oh just keep going just keep going anyway when he finally started to come out they would like there was all this like oh and no oh, that's why and oh what a cheeky boy and all this stuff so he was like came out facing upward yeah so he was posterior fully posterior yeah was just yeah you just have no idea well, like that that contrast between <laughs> an anterior labor and a posterior one it was just mm. like mm, I needed that all without pain relief yeah yeah that's big <laughs> yeah that didn't even like come into it, it that was the other thing about maria like there was never ever ever pain relief pressure there was never even a mention of it yeah like, never like oh do you want this or do you want that like, hey, like it's available if you ask but well they don't even tell you that no, yeah just, I, there's never ever a mention mention of it and that was fine by me yeah but yeah, no, no pain relief, um, and thankfully I didn't tear either, which was like amazing for prostitution. Yeah, too. so he came out all good in the end. So that was good for my recovery because um, yeah. it was. You powered through that, like for things to be so hard mm. and to still be able to hold space for yourself yeah. and yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, like take it at. The pace that it was coming. Yeah, it was full on. Um, just so long. So it was six or nearly seven o'clock at night that I had him. So yeah. I was just shattered. And he was shattered. Like he How was your body feeling after? Oh, I just felt like I'd been hit by a bus. It was like mainly like all my neck and my shoulders and my arms and everything was aching because I was so tense in that last part of the labour. Just 
holding myself up and squeezing people's hands and stuff I was just so sore like I was completely aching and um and said he slept he slept for like 12 hours straight (laughs) after his first like that thanks (laughs) mum he had his first feed and and um and then I gave him to my partner uh, I was going to sit with him and I had a shower had a bit of a house to do. And um, yeah, then he slept for 12 hours straight. But the most frustrating thing is that I couldn't sleep because I was like so full of adrenaline and yeah. I just couldn't sleep like all night. So that was really annoying. But I got that big room with the bed. So that was good. Yeah, the big queen size bed. Yeah, <laughs> that I couldn't get any sleep in anyway. But, yeah. um, yeah, so frustrating because uh, I was so exhausted and I just really wanted to sleep, but it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, and then because of COVID, um, well, they wanted, they didn't want me to stay at all, actually. Okay. They were like, oh, you know, um, I can't remember how long the minimum time of holding me was like an hour, two hours or something. They wanted me to go that night, but I was just like, uh, and like, seen everything I've done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they I'll were like, pausing for a bit. Thanks. Yeah, they were just like, oh no, you can stay the night. But um, they wanted me to go first thing in the morning, which I was cool with. But I mean, by the time everyone got organised in the morning and all the checks were done and everything, it was like twelve, twelve thirty, mm. like midday, the next day. So. Um, yeah, we got out as soon as we could, really. And he was born kind of just before the over the top. <laughs> not over the top, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. The big New South Wales lockdown. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not that we were ever officially in a lockdown mm. state. Mm. It was good, But actually. you were still allowed to do a bit more than you might yeah. otherwise have been allowed yeah. to do. So he was born on the 25th of March and then... Yeah, the kids and like Marlon went straight into doing homeschool like the next week. Was your partner at home as well, or um, no? Was he, still... he was still working because he could still work yeah. doing concreting. Um, but I had my mother-in-law here, so she's okay. from she's from Newcastle, and because of um, and we weren't allowed to go to playgrounds anymore. Hey? No, right, no, so we so couldn't do that. Um, but you do have a play paradise in yeah, your backyard. Yeah, so thankfully we live rurally and <laughs> we've got places. To but she, yeah, so she didn't go back to Newcastle because of the lockdown. So she yeah. stayed here for six weeks, which was amazing. Yeah. And it was so awesome. And I just cried my eyes out when she left. Because <laughs> she, she was the most awesome mother-in-law and... Um, so what kind of things would she give a hand with and oh, just make postpartum so wonderful? She would just make lunch and breakfast and yeah. do all the dishes and cooking and cleaning. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Took the kids, entertain the kids and just amazing. I'm really using your hands while your hands are otherwise yeah, occupied. I really had the best like postpartum time. Like I just really got to rest and Gave you and Zed time to yeah, get to know each other. Yeah, it was really, it was really awesome. It was 
really great having that help. Just if you had that help all the time, it's incredible. But yeah, it's the first time that I've got to do it. She always came after all the other births with the other kids, but but not for that long. She'd stay for like yeah. a week and, um, and then take off. But yeah, having it here for six weeks was because she couldn't leave. Yeah, <laughs> and that would have helped with that early learning from home. Yeah, stuff as well. yeah, it was good because it would have been a lot for the boys to learn how to navigate. Yeah, it being online. Yeah, I think that would have yeah. been a hell of a lot for primary school students. Yeah. To, like I'm yeah. not saying they're not tech savvy. It's mm. just a lot. Yeah, it was. It was. It were. It, like, it kind of was really great actually. I I got Marlon because his Zed was born on the 25th, and then it was Marlon's birthday on the 28th. So they're pretty close birthdays, and I got him an iPad for his birthday, not knowing that everything would be online. But yeah, it was like the best present in hindsight because yeah. he did all his schoolwork online. It was cool, and he learned how to use it. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty good actually. And Zeddy was just, you know, he was this amazing newborn that slept all the time. Mm. So I actually had heaps and heaps of time. He still is very good sleeper. I think online you said two things as well about postpartum, like where I know that bone broth was something you did mm. do. So clearly you've got mm. like some knowledge there as well about good nutrients for yeah. postpartum. Like yeah. what do you kind of fill your cup with? Yeah, well, after it, it sort of, I started learning about that um, after I had Che, really, because I, with Che, I had, like, a, a really big um, dose of recti separation. Yeah. Um, and I had a prolapse as well, um, only a very mild one. But yeah. I, after Che, I got into sort of the wrong exercises early on, you know, too early. And, uh, did, you know, made it worse, and then so I started finding out, you know. Because there's someone that you follow or that have connected with via the internet, right? Yeah, yeah. With... So she was like a specialist um, in um, postpartum recovery type of stuff. So she was yeah. really, really good. So got heaps of recipes of her um, for nutrition, and then she gave me like an ebook that she'd written about you know, direct to do uh, early on after birth, you know, connecting with your pelvic floor and stuff again and all that. So that was with Che, so I've, I've used all that knowledge yeah, all through. And, and is she still around? Like, yeah, yeah. Real, real fitness for mum, I'm pretty sure she's called. Yeah, yeah she's getting skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you can connect with yeah, her digitally yeah. and buy her books and stuff, which yeah, is pretty cool. Yeah, she's got a little e-book and she, she posts lots of nutrition stuff and lots yeah. of exercise, safe exercises. Were you a big cook and freeze person? Like, yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely recommend doing that. <laughs> the cook and freeze, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of it after he was born, actually, because he slept so much. So, um, yeah, I did a lot. Even, I did a lot of And especially knowing that my mother-in-law was going to be leaving in six weeks. Yeah. Made sure I prepped. Well, she had her hands on the yeah. other kids. You were able to. Yeah. During that, that time, space. yeah, I I made heaps and I made mm. lots of bone broth actually and froze it. And yeah. And stuff. Yeah. I knew I would have nutritious food after she'd gone. But yeah. 
I need it. I might need to do that again this year. <laughs> Are you finding like not that it's post COVID, but in this COVID has slowed down a bit, period. Mm. Um, that you're still taking things quite slow. Like able to take time to do things at home and um, yeah, look, I haven't actually even kind of, I'm still like in lockdown land. Yeah. I haven't even been to the supermarket since That's awesome. <laughs> How old are you again? Five months. That's phenomenal. <laughs> I reckon that's a good tip. Uh, yeah. yeah. I only rode in the pram like the first time the other day. Okay. I didn't even use the bassinet on the pram and I just, I only, yeah. Because you love your rap. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. I just carry him everywhere. Yeah. Hello. I do remember you when Waldo was a baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> baby wearing around yeah. town, and I thought you looked quite phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> like, <laughs> just able to manage things. Yeah, yeah. They're so good. Those, those rap. Yeah. Maybe it's just the nature of baby wearing. You can do so much more. Yeah. <laughs> They're here with you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the early days, they just because they make them so tight against your skin they just like go straight to sleep and they'll just stay in there for hours yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're really helpful definitely when you've got other kids and you can do things i'll still wear shan in the ergo if i need to like do a lot of jumping out of the car yeah um, yeah yeah to do things quite quickly yeah oh, super handy yeah. yeah i'd really like to try a ring sling one day because uh, yeah, um, one of those but i haven't on Instagram yeah. where people are doing it. Yeah. They're like, don't do this with a real baby. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. How quickly can you wrap? So having had four rural births or mm. you know, travelling from a rural location to birth, what kind of advice would you offer women who are going to give birth themselves and facing travel or just mm. the return to rural life what can we do for ourselves i reckon now um and things are changing now and and people are you know looking into home birth more and and you know that being an option for rural women would be yeah. totally awesome i know down at maria there's like a private the nest the yeah. nest yeah yeah because there's private midwives that offer home care and I know if Braid would have something like that mm. that would be fantastic but yeah the home birth was not really like I didn't feel like it was an option for me I mean, it was you know it was like impossible yeah like, with the cost and you know there's no one here that could care for me like no midwives in Braidwood and yeah it was just not going to happen um but I, my advice would be to look into the hospital and that you've got options, like you don't have to go with the hospital that they tell you to go at. Yeah. You can go wherever you want, really. Um, they're not going to... And even if it's a little bit further on the road, yeah, you know, they not... offer you so much more, like you yeah. felt so... And they're not going to go... Maria. No. 
I mean, they do actually say that. To make creamy in, but you know, if you rock up and you're gonna have babies, you know, then they're yeah. gonna go no. <laughs> Thank you to Asha Kid for sharing her rural birthing stories. Birthing from Braidwood clearly has many possibilities as to which hospital you can choose. And I really appreciate her perspective and advice on how women can explore Rural Birth Story. Please get in touch on Instagram at rural underscore births or via email ruralbirths at gmail.com. And once again, thank you for listening.